go talk to Tim Stout. Stout on Sports is heard weekday mornings at 10 a.m. on our affiliate, the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing, which now is carrying the huge show live again in the afternoons, 3 until 6. Uh, Tim, uh, the sky was falling on Michigan State basketball less than a week ago, and now Izzo and the Spartans have put together back-to-back games where they look like that preseason number four team in the country. Well, they certainly did, Bill, on Saturday against Baylor. Uh, I think Baylor got got them at a bad time. I mean, you know, they you know they were frustrated after the way they'd opened with two Big Ten losses, which they virtually never do, and would have to carry that record over into January. And so, how's this? Who's next? Oh, Baylor. Well, if we're going to make a statement, we better make it against Baylor. Baylor had not played Bill in 13 days, and I think it showed. And Baylor never, ever, as you know, got adjusted early in the game. I mean, when you're down 36 to 11, it's a little deflating. And for the team that's leading, it's exhilarating, as you know. So that played out the way it did. And I I think Oakland, you know, God bless Greg Campy, the coach, for playing good non-conference teams. It helps him when he gets into the Horizon League schedule. But in my opinion, they could play State a thousand times. They're never going to beat them. And uh, and I think, frankly, State takes that game every year because camp, uh, Oakland needs the money. Izzo likes Campy. There's a paycheck for Oakland. So they just keep playing, and Oakland just keeps losing. State will beat Stony Brook Thursday night, and then they break for nine days. Indiana State's currently 10-2. and two. That's a week from Saturday, December 30th. But Larry Bird's not on that 10-2 and two team. And then they get Penn State to resume Big Ten play, and I would argue Penn State's the worst team in the Big Ten. They get them at the Breslin Center on January 4th. So where are they going to lose again? I mean, they're going to be heavy favorites at least in the next three. They're 6-5 and five now, so that's 9-5. and five. And by then, Bill, is anybody else injured? Is Jackson Kohler available to come back and contribute in the middle? Because after they play Penn State, then the schedule gets far more difficult within the league from that point. I think when you get, uh, you know, to the first weekend in January, then things are going to kind of sort themselves out, in my opinion, all across the Big Ten, because now you're all playing two games a week. You're home and away, home and away, and you're going to play most of these, you know, all, all the, the top teams sooner or later. So um, the Baylor game, obviously, I think to most people was a surprise. State was a slight underdog, and the game wasn't even competitive. But they made shots in that game, too, and they ran the ball well, and everything just fell into place from one time, and who knows how discouraged. Baylor just packed it in in the second half. Yeah, we'll see, man. I can't wait for the Big Ten uh, hoops to start, and we'll hear from John Beeline uh, within the hour each and every week with Josh Garvey from Dorn Mayhew. Coach comes in to talk Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten, and the Pistons. Man, what about the Pistons? 24 games in a row, and I'm not going to listen to anything about, well, they played hard, and Cade had a great game last night. Cade, talk to me when you want to play both ends of the floor and teach the rest of the Pistons to play some defense because they are the worst statistical defensive team in the NBA. So the running joke on the air, which included this morning with my producer and any caller, is I said, I think the streak is over. And not only that, they could have a winning streak of two or three games because Thursday they get Utah at home and they're 10 and 17, but they're two, uh, they're, uh, they're three and 12 on a road. And then they get Brooklyn on back to back nights and Brooklyn is 13 and 13. Now for me to get stupid and just say, well, they'll win those three. 
But you know what, Bill? I I think they're closer. I buy all that. Uh, I I mean, the record they have is unbelievable, given the fact that all those NBA teams have the same salary cap, the same chances to win as everybody else. And you, I mean, you, it's just almost impossible to believe anybody can lose as many games in a row as they have lost. But if they're going to win, to me, looking at that schedule, the next three, Utah again, and then two Brooklyn's. Now, after that, it gets bad again. So if they lose to Utah, then who knows where all this is going to end up. And I'm with you on Cunning. Look, the Pistons announced team, they, they basically are trying to sell tickets. They're ha- trying to hang in there. I watch those games for the post-game show. I don't watch. All I do is check the scores. And then I want to see how this is going to get explained away on the post-game show because I see some very dour faces there who look for just about anything to tell the public that things are going to get better, to which you know our friend Greg Kelser has to say at the end, he says, it's going to end, and it's going to end. Well, it probably is going to end. The big question is when. But look out for Thursday with the Jazz in here, because this is not the John Stockton Utah Jazz of the past. With a 24-game losing streak, Tim Stout from Stout on Sports on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing is saying, watch out. Watch, Watch out, out for th- for Thursday <laughs> with Utah. Is it Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday? It's th- Thursday yeah. night. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. Thought. There may not be. It was amazing, Bill. The other night when they played Philadelphia at home, there was a there was a video shot on the internet at the opening tip. And honest to goodness, it looked to me like from the video shot there was that there could not have been three hundred people at the stand. It looked like a Division Eight high school basketball game somewhere in the state of Michigan. I mean, at the way they're going, I can only imagine the thousands of empty seats they've got coming up on once the calendar gets to January. And they're, I mean, they're on a pace to go six and 76 and the records nine and 73 for futility. So like I told my guy, I'm not necessarily predicting a win over Utah, but if they're going to beat anybody, if they're, I mean, it's, I would think it's at home and I would think Utah's vulnerable, but I said that about the Washington Wizards the other night when they were two and 14 and they beat them by 19. Then I thought five and 14 Memphis would come in and beat up or get beat. And the, the Memphis blew them out and they didn't have John Moran for that game either. So they tend to play to some degree, you know, at the level of their opposition as they did for a while last night. And it was amazing. All they're talking about is Cunningham points and Bogdanovich points, but they gave up 130. I mean, you give up 130, you're probably not going to win, and they didn't win. But, you know, the moment they win a game, then they're just another lousy team. In my opinion, as long as they keep this streak going, they're kind of America's team because it's an amazing streak to watch, you have to admit. You can listen for updates on America's team weekday mornings after 10 a.m. on Stout Hunt Sports. (laughs) On the game, seven thirty a.m. Oh, you got to play a little James Brown living in America, twenty four in a row. You know, here's what I'll say, and it's kind of like where Michigan State got it going in my mind. The last two games, defense created offense, creates tempo, creates easy buckets, creates turnovers. When you look inside the numbers, the Pistons are giving up more points per game than any other team in the NBA. And that's a fact, Jack. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. And then look at the points they gave up in the first quarter. I mean, even last night, I thought, well, you know, maybe they could play with Atlanta. What's Atlanta? Blah, blah, blah. And what did Atlanta have in the first quarter? Something like at least 31, 2, 3, whatever it was. And they get out to a decent lead early on. Now, I'm one who thinks the NBA goes down to the final two minutes. And a lot, like last night, that game was winnable. I mean, they were down five or six, whatever it was, with three or four minutes to go. And I thought, you know, Atlanta, do you want to be the team that ends the streak? Are you going to be the team that lets them get into the win? column and of course they played just enough to win that thing by six but to your point the defense it creates points and they almost almost never get that at all it it, it, look i've never seen anything like it down there with as much money as they spent and the money they paid that coach who was fired in the first place and he looks like he just absolutely has absolutely no idea what to do other than the fact that he must count it off his calendar oh my golly we have still got 55 games left to play. They got two thirds of the schedule left, and, it, and they haven't won a game since October. Not since October, they have not won a game. So, I mean, I claim it's one of the big sports stories in the state of Michigan this year. Not quite number one, but their losing streak has got to rank up there because it what's a franchise record, and they're four away from the NBA record. What would be the as the story of the year has to be in the state? The Lions, I would think on the verge of winning the NFC North, which they can do Christmas Eve in Minneapolis. It would be Michigan, uh, the overall number one seed in the college football playoff right there. Trying to think, what would the third story be? Well, so today we ranked the top five. Right, what top were they? five we ranked. I had the Lions resurgence, number one. Okay. Number two, the on-field and off-field story of Michigan football. Number three, the demise of Mel Tucker yes, yes. in Michigan State. Amen. With I'm with record. you right now on all three. Yeah. Now, number four and five, we had some debate. Number four and five, in no particular order, could be the retirement of Miguel Cabrera and the Pistons' 24 games. Now, Miguel Cabrera's retirement doesn't count as one of the top five. I'll put Pistons in there at four, and five would be... um, The Huge Show is back live weekdays at 3 on the game, (laughs) 7.30 a.m. I'd, I'd make I'd market higher than that. I mean, I'd right. market higher than that. Don't 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 put me anywhere near Tucker or Harbaugh, okay? But here's the other classic, Bill. I think the Lions in the same season could be the number one Michigan sports story two years in a row off the same season. Yes, because the playoffs are in January and February, right? With the Super Bowl, I don't know how they're going to play it out. But could they have the number one Michigan sports story two years in a row off the very same season? Who knows? I love it. Yeah, I don't know. I agree with you with Lions resurgence and winning the NFC North unless there's a total collapse here in the final three. Michigan, you know, overall number one uh, seed in the college football playoff. I agree with on the field, uh, off the field, on the field, Harbaugh, Tucker, three and four. I don't know what five is. It's not Miguel's retirement. I could see if they would have won, like, you know, the AL Central. But what is the fifth best sports story? In the state, mm. I agree with your. I agree with your top four. I, I think you were yeah. you were looking for something with Cabrera, Timmy, because you and Brock just you guys are going on the well, fly. You're entertaining in Mid Michigan. Brock thinks Cabrera is higher than uh, I. Brock's I mean, a I, Bro, he, he's a bleeding heart baseball fan. Okay, Brock yeah. is. Well, plus the fact Cabrera was predictable too. Yeah, and uh, I think you know everybody knew it was coming. 
So, but because I couldn't come up with anything, we, we couldn't come up with anything else of any significance. Now, you know, it had, because, you know, Michigan State basketball wasn't anything. Michigan basketball wasn't anything per se. The Red Wings weren't really anything. The Kai Tigers had another losing season. Do you throw Connor Stallions into the hardball on the field, off the field stuff? Well, I just lumped that all in with the Michigan. Well, could we could we maybe throw CMU with Connor Stallions in at number five because they still can't identify who was on the sidelines there at Spartan Stadium? And that's the classic story too, is all of that CMU rhetoric. I think Connor Stallions needs his own story. I really do. I think he I think he is on his own. And Connor Stallions, actually, if you want to start the rankings, I might go Lions, Connor Stallions too, with how big that story was. Then I'll go Michigan, overall number one seed in the college football playoff, Big Ten champs, beat Ohio State again. I mean, there is kind of like four stories with Michigan by themselves, just like there's Michigan State. You know, there's a couple stories there, the hiring of Smith, the Mel Tucker being suspended, uh, Harlan Barnett, all the transfer portal. I mean, there's nine storylines for both schools. There really are. Well, if you if you separate the stories that way, if you break it down, then yeah, clearly Jonathan Smith is a separate story. Then you can say Connor Stallions is clearly a separate story. Yep, and yep. because of the, and the length of that story, I mean, that story permeated for almost two weeks from Thursday prior to the Michigan Permeated State. would be a compliment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my question is, is Connor Stallions going to be in the stands at the Sugar Bowl? And which sideline is he looking at more, Texas or Washington? I'll tell you what, I'm going to say this right now. That is such a good point. If there is a college kid at Texas or Washington who dresses up in Michigan gear with those glasses that light up that you can take pictures and film, and he recreates the look on the sidelines either at CMU or with the Michigan gear on, the cameras won't stop jumping off them just like they didn't with Missouri when Missouri had that block M and the Connor Stallion story was hot and Missouri was playing at Georgia. They went back to that guy on the sidelines like 10 times during that broadcast. Well, and like my son says to me, if Connor Stallions does the same thing now at the Sugar Bowl and sends the video to Michigan or even talks with them, why is that a violation? He doesn't work there anymore. He's just a private citizen. And why can't a private Ooh, citizen who's sitting in the stands? That's why, why he resigned and he wasn't fired. There's more to yeah. this. There's there's more to this collar. And how can CMU or Michigan State, because they have the security at the gates, they have cameras, they have people, they have, you know, it's their stadium. How can nobody identify who that person was on the Zapruder film? It's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. Tim, you but said I, this, you said this the first week of the season in one of our early conversations. You in talking when Harbaugh had the uh, self-imposed three-game suspension, Tucker stuff is hitting the fan in East Lansing. You said that this is the gift that keeps on giving for anybody oh, in the media. It's it's the greatest thing in radio. I mean, you can't believe the. I'm in television right now. My weatherman says to me all the time, "The only reason that ragtag radio show of yours is on the air is because you got two places in this state with a gift that just keeps on giving." You just, I mean, all you got to do is fall out of bed. You got something to talk about that other people are talking about around the state. I mean, they're both completely separate. And what makes it even better is Michigan is having the season of a generation. 
and who knows how it's going to finish and who knows what storyline. But I, I claim in 2024, is Harbaugh back? Is Michigan going on probation? If Harbaugh's not back, who's the coach? Who comes back amongst the players? Who goes? That's just Michigan. Does Michigan State have anything going right out of the shoot for Jonathan Smith? I mean, these places are just, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. And then Juwan kind of teased us a little bit last week. But I'm not sure where this is all going to play out for him yet either one year from now. When we talk one year from today and look back on 2024, how are we going to rank the stories of the year in the state of Michigan? Yeah, Connor Stallions, I, man, I'll say this, and I, I Lions, I'll go with Lions winning the NFC North, but Connor Stallions might even dwarf Michigan winning the Big Ten beating Ohio State and being the overall number one seed because that story is still incredible and nobody still can identify the guy. It's just amazing. Well, then I said to Brock, if we could get one of two interviews from the following two people, but we could only one, who should we take between Mel Tucker and Connor Stallions and everybody who phoned in because nobody's seen or heard from Tucker since the big day, the day after Richmond, September 10th. Everybody said Connor Stallions because the guy's got to have him. I want to know exactly what he did, how he got away with it, what the payment was, and frankly, did it change the way Michigan played on the field with wins and losses, or did it not? I'd love to hear from him. And how crazy would it be if the man on the sidelines actually was wearing a costume and it was Jim Harbaugh? Because they weren't playing. I mean... But I think the Harbaugh story in 2024 is going to be fascinating. This Spanos from the Chargers says today, any amount of money he needed, that was the next thing today. I said to Brock, if you were the head of the Chargers and you could have one of two coaches and you get one of them, which one would you take between Belichick and Harbaugh? He answered Belichick. I'm not sure I would. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure either one of them will end up with the Chargers. But there's going to be an enormous amount of speculation when Michigan season ends. Now what happens? I always claim the best time to get these stories is right after somebody's football season ends because now in the offseason, so, especially in today's world, there are so many incredible changes that come to these teams. Where's J.J. next year? What's he going to do? And I get Michigan people that tell me because he would not be a prominent quarterback in the draft in Detroit in April with the name, image, and likeness that Michigan would provide for him, he can go back for another year. And then in the 2025 draft, he would be much higher and much more prominent. And name, image, and likeness, money changes all that so that you can make it a deal and make it worth your while to stay in college and play another year if you get paid right. Tim Stout, Stout on everything sports. Weekday mornings, 10 a.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. 7.30 a.m. now carrying the huge show live weekdays, 3 until 6. Tim, if we don't talk before Christmas, enjoy the holiday weekend with the family and friends. You too, Bill. Good to talk to you anytime. Always enjoy it.